say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, you took the time to ride them. So who are we to fight them? Yeah, baby. As long as we can cite them, we'll read them ad infinitum. What's ad infinitum mean, anyway? Wasn't it that stuff that killed Superman? Oh, no, that's kryptonite. Shut. Shut your face. I was going to... It's morning. It's the morning time. It's the evening. It's everywhere. Underground. I was uh, planning on doing a really drunk podcast last night because <laughs> my son-in-law came back from India, you know. From India. Hey, don't be racist. Don't racist! Came back from India. Came back from India. And um, brought me a bottle of duty-free brandy. And I thought, oh, imagine. Because people like the drunk ones. However, unfortunately, during the day, I was very tired. I was so tired and I had everything in. <clears throat> it was all. It was like all in wrestling, or as Mae West said, "Why do you want to wrestle when you've got it all in?" Boom, boom, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I just. I. It would have. It would have sounded like this. I wasn't even drunk. I was just tired. But if I'd drunk, I'd have been. So, welcome to the Dumb Down Atheist Podcast for your weekly spray, where I spray you. Why is that computer gone off? Come back on. Um, where I spray you, okay? Looks like a tomcat. I'm likely to back up to you with my tail doing that, you know, that vibratey thing that cats do and then give you a good spray. But if you're very attractive and female, I'll let you do the same to me. Yes, it's the podcast where we have to put plastic on the ground. <laughs> well, you took the time to write him. Senor Crocoduck, hello, Crocoduck. Damn it, Darby, I'm having a hell of a time trying to enjoy this delicious tomato and cucumber sandwich after listening to you, because I have said that I think cucumber tastes like cum. Anyway, stay tuned, Crocoduck, because this week on the show we're going to go down that particular road of filthiness. So for all of you that tuned in for scepticism and things, forget it. And I should have played that theme last week when, when Fick wrote to me, and I haven't heard from Fick. So Fick, you Fick. Now, um, should we start with a little sort of uh, living up to the fact that this is supposed to, was supposed to be some sort of sceptical pod? It's not. It's not. Fucking forget it. <coughs> and some sort of atheistic thing. Um, ABC.net.au. Anti-vaccination campaigners are being blamed for the measles outbreak in the Melbourne subject, subject, suburbs, scurry, scurry, hang on. 
I should really actually hang on, check this other gadget here. Wait a minute. Can I hear that through there? Yes, I can. I have to just make sure the recording bit's recording and it's not like earth looping. <clears throat> In the suburb of Brunswick, after 14 cases. For our friends overseas, Brunswick is well, it's a very it's an inner it's an inner suburb of Melbourne in Victorian Australia, Australia, <coughs> and um, usually known for its kind of well, it's a permissive. I don't know what you'd say. There's lots of rainbow flags. Not that that's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not again again any of our rainbow flags. Go for it. I don't care. I don't mind what you want to parade up and down with. Some of it I I quite like. But it's also taking in aspects of anti-vax nonsense. Although I, I would have thought Brunswick now has sort of outpriced itself for the real loony fringe. And they'd be out in the further suburbs, you know, living in squats. However, but I think um, that loony fringe of anti-vax cuts through, cuts through all demographics and um, socioeconomic brackets. <laughs> Does it not? And thank you, Elsa. Um, Elsa sent me some things of of the cucumber nature. Thank you, Elsa. Actually, no, we'll, we'll talk about that later. The number of measles cases in Melbourne's north has climbed to 14 after the health department was notified of another five patients. Pa- pati- pa- patience. Yes, patience. It's a virtue. The department said the outbreak was in the Brunswick area and included two children who were pupils at the Princess Primary School. It's almost an alliteration. Pupils at the Princess Hill Primary School. A number of students at the primary school have been told to stay home for at least a week because they're not fully immunised. <laughs> Victoria's acting uh, chief health officer. Why is they only acting? Roscoe Taylor. Maybe the real health officer's off sick. Might have the measles or something. Said some teachers need to stay home. Oh, cool. My son would love that if that happened at his school. He'd be over the moon. (laughs) Oh, we've got to stay home for five days. Uh, We appreciate that this situation will be disruptive for the school community, but we must not put at risk those children that are not fully immunised, he said. Some teachers and support staff may also need to stay home if they can't demonstrate their immunity. Right, so if someone sneezes on them who has measles and they come down, do you keep a little card of your... Like, if you've been vaccinated as an adult, would you have to go and get a letter from your doctor or something? Measles is a highly infectious disease with an incubation period of 18 days. And, I, you know, I don't think I've ever had it. As a child, I was around lots of people who had measles because we didn't have, va- we didn't have measles vaccination in them days. <coughs> Even when they brought the sick child from next door who had it for the mother to use the phone. I mentioned that to my elderly mother the other night, and they said, now, that was just a ruse. We wanted you to catch it. I said, thank you very much. That was all a ruse. Their phone wasn't, wasn't broken down at all. Anyway, it didn't work because all the kids around me got it as children. Well, when you're kids, you do tend to catch things as children if you're a kid, don't you? I never got it. Well, then I I don't know, though, because I might have had it in, you know, those years before your compass mentis, which should kick in any time now. 
anti-vaccination campaigners blamed for the outbreak. Some doctors, some do- not all, but some doctors have blamed anti-vaccination campaigners for the outbreak. Earlier this month, four cases of measles were detected in the northern suburb of Brunswick. Used to be very beautiful. You were living near Brunswick. Now I don't know. We we would have upper, we'd have more sort of upper class. Aussie accents. I liked it better when all the Italians and Greek people lived there, to be brutally honest with you. <clears throat> Before they all moved away. And now it's like the inner city of hippie peaceniks. And yesterday, a further five cases brought the total to nine, thus proving that we can add up. Right. Um, a highly infectious viral disease can cause serious illness, particularly in young children and adults. Oh, that's good, dear. The initial four cases, a man and a woman in their 20s, 30s, and hang on, a man and two women in their 20s and a woman in her 40s. Does that mean they're worth two, two 20-year-olds are worth one 40-year-old? All live in Brunswick or East Brunswick. They should say they're all alive, shouldn't they, really? They're sick, but they're alive. In Brunswick or East of Brunswick. I used to live in East Brunswick in a crappy little uh, one-bedroom flat. Infected by mice, it was. That's where I lost my Jasper Carrot poster. I, I know, I, I know, you can share my... I didn't know, too, that... Um... <coughs> What's the name from um, The Office? The British Office. You know, the woman who was in love with... What's the name who was on the front counter? His name, moment, Lucy... Not Lucy Jordan. At the age of 37, she really... She's Jasper Carrot's daughter. I didn't know that. I only found that out. The other... She's Jasper Carrots. How is that? Anyway, when I was, well, married to my first wife, because when you're first married, you can only be married to your first wife. Um, I liked Jasper Carrot, and we went and saw him at the Geelong Performing Arts Association Theatre thing, which were almost front row seat. Anyway, afterwards, they had a huge poster... <coughs> a huge poster in the foyer and she whipped it and got it framed. Anyway, later when I wasn't married, it was on the wall of my flat in East Brunswick and I moved to Mount Gambier rather hastily and I forgot it. I left it on the wall in there. And I came back for a visit before the flat was re-rented and it was still there. I looked through the window, it was there, but I couldn't get to it because I didn't have a key anymore. So I don't know, if if you've seen my Jasper Carrot framed poster in a junk shop or something, could you let me know? I miss it a lot. They're my memories of East Brunswick. (sighs) That was where I did my first breakfast radio shift. But anyway, that's that's a story for some other time when we're all on uh, prescription painkillers. Of recent, of the recent five additional cases, three women and two men, all in their 20s and 30s... Thir- oh, by the way, I'm going to put a picture of a possum... You, if, if you're Facebook friends with me, Robert Darby 902 and you can be, you can come along and join, it's all right, as long as you don't misbehave. Um, I had a picture of a possum in my shed. Anyway, my daughter and son-in-law, when he brought me my litre bottle of... Um, <clears throat> Chatel Napoleon or whatever it is, which I was going to do the drunk podcast with last night, but I was too tired. And I don't feel right at 20 past nine in the morning having a drunk podcast, but um, um, they they cleared out 
my son's room, which was good because he couldn't get in the door, and put stuff in the shed, and then, then, then set fire to my vacuum cleaner. Thank you very much. Uh, it caught fire when they were doing stuff, and I came at this awful smell in the house. Says, "Oh, your vacuum cleaner's caught fire." I said, "Oh, fantastic!" Then suddenly I thought, "Oh, well, there's a box in the shed, and I know the receipts in the box." And I think it's got like a two-year warranty because you buy stuff from Kmart. You know, it's easy to take stuff back to Kmart. They just look at you with a blank stare and go, oh, okay, do you want an in-store credit or would you like your money back? <coughs> so I said, oh, that's all. I'll go and check the box. I'll go and check the box. It's in the shed. Anyway, quite, I picked up the box and I thought, because they asked me, were all the nozzles and attachments to the vacuum cleaner still there? And I said, I think they're in the box. So I lifted the box off the shelf and thought, oh, the nozzles and stuff are still in there because... It's quite heavy. And I didn't notice the round circular hole that someone had chewed in the top of the box. Anyway, as I put the box down on the bench, I feel the box wriggle and move. And I thought, oh, God, it's like that movie Alien. You know, Aliens. <laughs> but it wasn't. The possum in the shed has chosen to, that's his, that's his or her new home. So carefully, because it was daylight, and you know, I don't like to disturb them. So I put the box back up on the shelf, and I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that. And I'll come down the middle. And I didn't want to tell Roy that there was a possum in the box because he would have gone, yeah, let me see it. And he would have, you know, <coughs> he wouldn't have meant to, but <coughs> he would have harangued the possum. And um, and then I put it back up. Anyway, I went back later when it was gone to see if the receipt was there. It wasn't. So I carefully put the box back in the dark of night and the possum hasn't come back to it. He, he or she's they're still in the shed but not sleeping in their box anymore. I feel sad about that. <coughs> See, I'm not as mean and as cruel as you think I am. <coughs> I'm worse. Earlier this... Oh, yeah, we said that. <coughs> the initial... Four, we said that. On a recent uh, five additional cases... Hang on. Of the, recent, of the recent five additional cases, three women, two men, all in their 20s and 30s, three of uh, those live in Brunswick... One's from Preston. That's a little bit for you people overseas. That's a little bit further away, and um, would have been considered once upon a time quite a depressed suburb. But I'll bet it's it's you know as, as the the inner city becomes more expensive, those outer bits are becoming more sought after. <laughs> yeah, plenty of phlegm this week. And one is from Preston, one's from Brunswick West. Brunswick West. Health authorities expect the disease to spread. And some doctors are blaming the anti-vaccination campagnes for, um, for the outbreak. Australian Medical Association Victoria President, Dr Tony Bartone. Ah, Tony Bartone, ah! Whose family probably were originally from Brunswick when you could buy houses for about $600 there. <clears throat> as opposed to like $1.6 million now, told AM, which is a, a ABC radio program, the fact that the immunity in the community is dropping... <laughs> the fact that the immunity in the community is dropping... And he would have said it like that too. Whereas uh, the people who first came to Australia, his uh, ancestry-type people would have gone, ah, the fact that, that, that the immunity in the community is dropping, huh? and that would be wrong. It'd be wrong of me to, to put on that accent. Very wrong. Uh, speaking of very wrong, I was watching the um, on um, YouTube the um, all the things they're going on about Suey Park now. Suey Park is melting in the dark. All that sweet green icing flowing down. Um, 
Sui Park, who was the originally hashtag cancel Colbert, because he made very inflammatory and rude remarks about the Asian peoples. And then she did this thing to try and bring him down, to make him heal, heal! Um, <clears throat> now they've made a documentary about it, that there was a sniper at her bedroom, ready to snipe her for being snipey on the internet. But the sniper outside her bedroom sent her a text message, I've got a sniper rifle on you. So she had to go into hiding, because, um... Oh, I've got a bit of nail hanging off my nail now. Um... Carrying on about that. Anyway, we don't know of too many snipers that send you a text message say that they're sniping you. Usually they just shoot you. Anyway, you can look into Suey Park yourself, all right? Suey Park. Suey Park with crispy skin. Hmm. Sounds good. I'll have that on a bed of rice, please. Oh, sorry. Sorry! Anyway, the immunity in the community is dropping. And the fact that we've got dropping rates of the herd immunity in the community. God damn. Um, <clears throat> that is clearly part and parcel. The party of the first part and parcel is one of the reasons. Vaccination advocate Dr. John Cunningham, Cunningham agrees. I'd have to say that the proof is in the pudding. Hmm. And Brunswick has the measles outbreak currently where the other areas around it don't, said Dr. Cunningham. And he would have probably had a very upper-class English accent, you would imagine, wouldn't you? Oh, it's Dr. Cunningham here. First you have suey pork, and then you have Cunningham. So the areas around that, that that hasn't broken out there, it thus proves that people from Brunswick are incredibly snobby because they obviously don't travel out of their locale. Well, why would we want to? Everything's here for us in Brunswick, you know. <coughs> Last week, the National Health Performance Authority revealed about one in ten Australian children were not fully immunised, which is, that's terrible. <coughs> Imagine all those children not given the opportunity to catch autism. How dare you be one in... T How dare you? Hello to Dr. What's-His-Name, if he's listening. You know the one, that Andrew bloke, who started all this nonsense about uh, autism. You know the one. In Brunswick, the immunisation rate for children aged 5 is 90%. And 89% for those aged two, and 94% for those aged one. The national aim is for 95% immunisation rate. That's what they say. But Victoria's acting chief officer, Dr. Roscoe Taylor, said there was no evidence that anti vaccination campaigners were to blame for the Brunswick outbreak. Oh, all right. Now, is he, is he, being, is he being like. Um, well, I suppose he's covering his ass, isn't he, really? Because if you're like the spokesperson for something and you definitely blame them and then later say it turns out to be some virulent strain that wreaks havoc upon the immunised, <clears throat> then they'll come, they'll come, they'll sue him. They'll be there with flaming torches and pitchforks and homeopathic remedies ready to... Flay him. There's no real evidence. What we see in, in the particular Brunswick area 
is that the child vaccination coverage rates aren't that different. They're not that different from the state average, according to the abc.net.au. Or indeed the Australian average, Dr Taylor said. So <clears throat> in terms of children, we've got good evidence that it's probably not about... Oh, it's probably not about that, he says. But we do have good data on the vaccination coverage rates in older people, like young adults. So it's a bit hard to do more than conjecture about that. <laughs> I keep. I wonder if I should have a jab. I've asked my doctor. I've, I've said, should I? I've never. I don't. Don't remember ever. Ha- should I? Whatever. And then they go, ah, oh, you know, and they they um and are about it. And, oh, oh. Neighbouring residents worried as outbreak spreads. Well, I wouldn't worry about it because they've said it's not leaving Brunswick. Of course, there are trams that run through there and people could sneeze on them when they go through Brunswick. Regardless of the cause of the outbreak, Dr. Taylor said the measles outbreak would spread and expected that there would be more cases to be confirmed as early as today. Yeah, when I was a child, there was always that, wasn't it? It was measles season. And and then we, we all got complacent. We never heard of these things again. Now they're popping up again. We susp- let's just hope we don't. What we, I mean, I know the complications of measles can be very dire. I understand that. And I'm all for vaccination. That's what I say. Give me an armful of everything that's out there. Thank you. Stick that needle in and and protect me. Which reminds me, it's February, so very soon it's it's we it's time to get a flu shot for the year. And every year the anti-vax people tell me I'm losing 10% of my IQ. I don't think it get can it go into minus numbers. So, um, but what I hope is that we never see um, this story here, but replace the word measles with polio. Because I think I think you'll find if uh, if we replace the word measles with polio. Somehow I think you'll see people fall over themselves a lot quicker to get immunised. Because at least like measles, I'm going to say this guardedly, advisedly, and a few other words that end in Lee. Measles, really, in comparison to polio, is a little bit like just having a long lie in. Most, most people, most, will get the measles and they will get better. Some, however, <laughs> will develop horrible side effects, which is what, you know, the people who vaccinate people are trying to protect people from instead of spreading the one... Now, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not totally against the whole um, conspiracy theory when it comes to our world, but I do find it hard to buy into the conspiracy theory when it comes to vaccinations. I'm sorry, I... I Hang me up on a cross, if you will, but I've seen a darn sight more good from people being vaccinized. Vaccinized? Is that a word? It doesn't matter than the bad. I know, yes, yes, you're going to tell me, someone got vaccinized and they died. Vaccinatedized? That's true, because nothing is 100% safe. But a lot less people die from vaccinized nations than you do from the disease. Now, if we replace the word measles with polio... Then I think you're going to see a lot of people reverse their um, stance on this. And the sad, the saddest thing is, the saddest thing is, a saddest thing is, for some people, I think that's what it's going to take. 
And that's going to be really sad because some children are going to be crippled for the rest... Sorry, differently abled for the rest of their lives <coughs> because of the neglect of people. So measles, as bad as it is, will not be as bad as polio. Anyway, what would I know? I'm a stupid cisgendered male who's 51 years of age and, quite frankly, has a pet possum in his shed, and I don't know where he's sleeping now, and I'm wor- I worry about him and his little friend because sometimes there are two of them, and I wish he'd come back to his little box. I, I will forego taking my vacuum cleaner back. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> We suspect there are several more probable cases in the pipeline and we will get some further confirmatory confirmatory tests soon, he said. That was Dr. Taylor. Some of these people have to be treated in hospital. Yes, they do. Uh, Dr. Taylor added additional cases were more than likely to emerge in the coming days and weeks. I think it's highly possible that we shall see more in the coming... It really depends, he said. It depends on what we call the level, level of herd immunity in the population. But it's very likely we will see more. Now, Dr. Tony Bartoni is a GP in the northern suburb of Nidri. Well, Nidri's, uh, Nidri's relatively upper crust too nowadays. That's pretty upper crust. All these suburbs weren't upper crust once upon a time. They were for working stiffs. He said the parents were raising concerns about what was happening just a few suburbs away. <coughs> well, essentially, they're only, uh, they're only separated, essentially, by, um, by a freeway, really. And just like bushfires can jump freeways, so can measles viruses, virus size. But don't take my word for it. I'm just some dumb podcaster. <clears throat> just wait till people are dropping dead around you and sick, and then you'll listen to me. Well, you won't, because oh, you can go deaf with measles. Can you? You can't. Isn't isn't one of the side effects? If, like, if measles goes horribly wrong, can't you go deaf? Then you won't listen to me. Let me have a look. I'll just have a look at Google, because Google knows everything. Hang on. Side effect: measles, measles, and I'll put deafness. Or is that just German measles? Oh, it's just maybe it's just German measles, isn't it? Trust them to have their own measles. First World War Two, and then their own diseases. Hang on. Common measles complications. Ooh. From the CDC. From the CDC. Um, measles can be serious in all age groups. However, children younger than five years of age and adults older than 20, oh, crikey, are more likely to suffer from measles complications. <coughs> the common complications are... No, is it? And German measles is it's a pregnant woman get a pregnant woman gets pregnant because she's pregnant, and then she catches German measles, and the child inside can be born deaf. That's what it was, wasn't it? However, if you, these are things that can happen to you if you catch the measles, it's freaking me out now. Common complications: common measles complications include ear infections. Oh, there you go, and diarrhea. <laughs> Um, that's bad when you're sort of running to the toilet with diarrhea and you've got an ear infection. You, you keep falling over and pooing in the hallway. An ear infection occurs in one in every ten children with the measles and can result in permanent hearing loss. I said, can result in permanent hearing loss! <clears throat> Don't shout, I'm not deaf. Diarrhea is reported in less than one out of ten people with measles. Severe complications. What, you don't think permanent hearing loss is severe? 
I'd call that pretty bloody severe. Severe complications. Uh, some people may suffer severe complications, such as pneumonia, which is an infection of the lungs, in case you've been living under a rock, and encephalitis, swelling of the brain. Well, that's not going to affect me, is it? You've got to have one for it to swell. Or if mine, in the case of uh, being the size of a walnut, could swell to the size of a normal brain. Imagine that. I get measles, and for the period that I'm sick, I become incredibly hyper-intelligent. And then when I get better, I go back to being stupid. They may need to be hospitalized and could die. <clears throat> as many as one in every 20 children with measles get pneumonia, pneumonia, or the old monia rather than the new one. And uh, the most common cause of death for, oh God, that's the most common cause of death. Did you hear what I said? Death. In young children, <clears throat> Wakefield, that was his name, wasn't it? Andrew Wakefield. Good on you, Andrew. You're a cunt. Uh, about one-third of every um, thousand who get measles will develop encephalitis, which can lead to convulsions and can leave the child deaf or with an intellectual disability. Uh, for every 1,000 children who get measles, one or two will die from it. And measles may cause pregnant women to give birth prematurely or have a low birth weight baby. It gets better. It gets better. Long-term complications, according to the cdc.gov website. Oh, what would they know? Long-term complications. Uh, subacute sclerosing pancephalitis. And I don't know. Is it panacephalitis? <clears throat> panacephalitis is very rare. But it's also known as SSPE. It's very rare. Okay, it's very rare, but it's fatal of the central nervous system, and it results from a measles viral infection acquired earlier in life. Holy fuck. SSPE generally develops seven to ten years after the person's had me. Holy fuck, after the person's had measles. Even though the person seems to have fully recovered from the illness. Since measles was a limit... <laughs> Since measles was eliminated in two thousand, really was eliminated in two thousand. They need to put a little asterisk here. See Brunswick, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, Australia. SSP is rarely reported in the United States. Among the people who contracted measles during the resurgence in the United States from eighty nine to ninety one. Four out of, <clears throat> sorry, four to 11 out of every 100,000, if it's 11 out of 100,000, but four out of every 11, shouldn't it be then 11, four out of, doesn't matter. We were estimated to be at risk of developing SSPE. The risk of developing SSPE may be higher for a person who gets measles before they are age two. And for more information, you see the subscalosis panacephalitis medical thing. Holy fuck. <coughs> Holy fuck. I don't like the sound of that. <coughs> now, where's, where was the page I was on? God. So Dr. Tani Batani, who was in um, Nidri, he said patients were raising concerns about the thing. A lot of my patients are asking me about the risks involved in travelling through Brunswick. <laughs> oh, dear. A lot of patients are 
travelling through Brunswick. I've never felt... I felt quite safe when I lived in Brunswick. I wouldn't if I was there now, because it's a neighbouring suburb. Brunswick is right at the epicentre, and Brunswick is close to the inner CBD. Yes, it is, and a very built-up area. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck. Hmm. Hmm. It's a bit... uh, a bit worrying, isn't it, really? Oh, well. <coughs> I don't know what to do now. We're 100 kilometres away, but... Yeah, those Brunswick people are damn crafty, you know. The Globe Mail... <coughs> sorry, the Globe and Mail dot com. Now, if you if you want wanting uh, an alternative uh, vaccination or cure for measles, please don't listen to the next story because they won't fix you. <sighs> Homeopaths prefer prefer prepare to launch fight against federal pending federal policy change, and I said if it quacks like a duck, it must be a homeopath. Canadias, you know where Canadia is, where um, Dragonbeard lives, Mr. Canadia. Canada's homeopath community is launching a fight. What they're doing at the moment is they're filling up water pistols with homeopathic water in order to pour cold water upon the federal policy change. Don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes, and if they're bloodshot, <clears throat> then squirt the water in them. Canadia's homeopathy community is launching a fight against a pending federal policy change that will prohibit companies from making unsubstantiated claims on certain products aimed at 12-year-old children or under. Under the new health policy, Health Canada will no longer approve any health claims for homeopathic cough, cold, flu products aimed at children unless they're backed by scientific evidence. (laughs) Well, that's the end of them then. Those then, them those, those them, them. The change will then, the change will end the near monopoly that homeopathic manufacturers have in marketing cough and cold remedies to children. Since 2008, makers of over-the-counter cough and cold medications have not been allowed to market their product to children because of reports of serious injuries. And I'll turn around and find my coffee cup. There it is. Oh, because of what's this? Because of reports of serious injuries and death relating to dosing problems with those products, as opposed to doxing problems. Sitting on the docks of the bay. Spreading slime. Hang on. Oh, that liquid cocaine just gets better every time. Proponents of evidence-based medicine say the change is long overdue, but still does not go far enough because it doesn't apply to other products marketed at young pipules. Or to any products targeting adults. I have a friend who was um, spraying stuff in her mouth. Uh, Nothing to do with cucumber sandwiches. And she'd paid about $35 for it. She was trying to give up smoking. And she was saying, oh, it's supposed to be a smoke replacement. And I looked at this canister and I said, is that homeopathic? And she goes, I don't know. And I said, hand it to me. 
<laughs> and it was. And I said, <laughs> you're just spraying sugar water in your mouth. Good luck giving up. And I noticed, though, she's still smoking. Bumped into her recently. And I, and I, 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 feel, like lect- I feel like saying, again, what are you trying to do? Are you mad? Come listen to me cough and splutter and carry on. Not that I'm necessarily saying that from my years of smoking. I mean, the heart things are. Who knows? I don't know. It's not good for you anyway. I can't prove that smoking's not good for you, but science and things can. By the way, I I filled up I filled up my old mother's car the other day. She was sick. She was dying. Can you take my car out and put petrol in it? And I said, yes, and it's, petrol's under a dollar at the moment in Australia, thanks to something or another. <clears throat> and I went in to pay, and they have the cigarettes, like, locked up behind strict thingamabobs. I don't know if I've told this story. Maybe I told it last week. I don't know. But there was a packet of cigarettes. It was $31 for a packet of cigarettes. And I remember my a friend's mum, when we were teenagers, she said, all right, she said like this. I'm going to give these up when they get up to $2 a packet, because back then I think cigarettes were about $1.75 a packet or something. When they hit 2 bucks, I'm giving them up. Now they're $31 a packet. How's that, eh? Fucking hell, unbelievable. <clears throat> homeopathic, the homeopathic community says the change will come into effect as of July, and it runs to counter, what's this, Canada's regulation on natural health products... And it's too restrictive or some bullshit. The Canadian Consumers Centre for Homeopathy, a national homeopathy group, has created a petition to stop the change and is urging consumers to quote-unquote swamp Swamp the Federal Health Minister, Jane Philpot. Let me fill your pot with my homeopathic water. With messages about how well homeopathic remedies work for their children. Oh dear. The group did not respond to a request for comment. You know, I'm not surprised. The Canadian College of Homeopathic Medicines... <clears throat> medicines... Uh, a school that trains homeopath homeopath shared the petition petition on its Facebook page, asking the public to spread information about this restrictive legislation, quote-unquote-ish. The college declined an interview request and asked the reporter not to contact it again. Oh, fuck me. Oh, fucking hell. Really? That's funny. That's almost worth reading again. Trains homeopaths shared a petition and asked them to spread about and then declined an interview request. <laughs> Said, don't contact us again. I'm sure if they could have, they would have blocked you from their Facebook page or blocked you off Twitter. I'm not going to discuss this with you. You're blocked. And that's all there is to it. At this point, Fick, I think I should say the word cultural Marxism. I just threw it into a noise, Fick, just in case he or she's listening. Cultural Marxism. Uh, Last year, the Canadian Homeopathic Association Pharmaceutical Thingamabob, which represents manufacturers and distributors, wrote a letter to the then... Well, that always works. 
wrote, a, I dare say, a strongly worded letter to the then health minister, Rona Ambrose, asking her to scrap the change so that parents could make, quote-unquote, more informed choices. Oh dear. The group also says it's unaware of evidence of products causing any harm. Homeopathic products, is that is that what I'm taken to read from that? But they don't cause any harm. Well, you know, no, well, you're drinking water and sugar, which is in itself not likely to cause any harm, apart from the fact that you think you're taking real medicine and so you keep ignoring the symptoms of whatever it is you've got. Don't get treated, then it becomes more complicated, <clears throat> thus causing you to become more ill or or dying. This is why you don't see homeopaths in uh, in accident and emergency rooms in real hospitals. But I'm sure if you if you've got a cold that's likely to, you know, run its course and leave you within seven days, the taking of homeopathic uh, um, treatments, quote unquote. Uh, might it make it last only a week <clears throat> instead of seven days? Homeopathic products are made by taking a molecule of the illness and diluting it in water over and over again to the point where it becomes the equivalent of an atom in the rest of the universe. Anyway, the remaining formula is so dilute, it doesn't contain any of the disease molecules. But homeopaths say it has the power to fight sickness. It's a shame it doesn't have the power to fight irrationality. That would be good. But see, people like me, we don't understand. We we have bent minds. We're twisted. Because we're always calling for sort of evidence and things. Or just that something seems so incredulously stupid that really you... Common sense almost. I mean, not the common... I, look, I understand common sense sometimes can be wrong. But even when you think about something like that, you know, there's a little molecule and we dropped it in a bathtub full of water and then we took a molecule of the bathtub water. We added that to 50,000 swimming pools worth of water and then we took a molecule of that and then we dripped that in the ocean and then on the other side of the world, someone put a little eyedropper into the ocean and <clears throat> sucked it out and put it in a bottle and told you it would cure your whooping cough. There's no credible scientific evidence to support these claims, really. Despite this, Health Canada has approved well over 100 homeopathic cough, cold and flu products aimed at children. Oh, Canada, come on, it's 2016, for fuck's sake. The products were approved under the Health Canada's rules. Natural health products do not have to meet the same standard of safety or efficacy. They don't have to reach the bar as much as prescriptions or over-the-counter drugs do. Yes, that's right. For instance, a natu natural health product can be approved if the manufacturer provides evidence that its ingredients have been used for the last 50 years. Oh dear. While some companies may submit to scientific studies, they are rarely, if ever, the type of high-quality, double-blind, randomised controlled trials that are typically required for drugs. Michael Cruz, Chair and Interim Executive Director of Bad Science Watch, an advocacy, advocacy group that says, says homeopathic products have had too much freedom for too long. 
We certainly had argued from the beginning that any claims that uh, are approved by Health Canada for these products should be scientifically vetted, Cruz said. And if there's no evidence, then they should not be allowed. <coughs> Unless you just sell them as sugar water. Here, try this bottle of sugar water. What's it good for? Well, it's, um, I don't know, boil it up and it'll sweeten your coffee. Michael, Dr. Michael Reeder, Ryder, uh, chair of the Canadian Pediatric Society's Drug Therapy Committee, said Health Canada will move, uh, move, Health Canada's move should not be seen as an attack on the all-natural health products. Oh, dear me, no. But merely a raising of the bar in terms of the quality that companies are allowed, of the claims that they're allowed to make. The regulator is supposed to make sure that any and all health products that are sold are both safe and effective, he said. Last year, Health Canada introduced a new requirement for homeopathic nosodes. Mm, nosodes, nosodes. It's mm, an interesting word. Often referred to by homeopathic practitioners as alternative vaccines. Oh, here we go. God. To carry a warning label that they are not vaccines. Hang on, got to find me coffee hold. They're not vaccines. Uh, and they cannot prevent <clears throat> infection. So um, the sad thing is, I think there's no shortage of um, there's no shortage of homeopaths in Brunswick. Nosodes. That's a really good. Uh, what is a nosode? So their um, their idea of vaccination. I'm taking. Stop nosodes. There's a there's a site. Stopnosodes.org. What is a nosode? Nosodes are the homeopathic pr pr preparations made from bodily fluids. Oh, goodness me. Including feces, blood, pus, discharges, and saliva. All our favourite things. There's a BDSM club, actually, in, um, in Brunswick. And you often do things, see things like blood and discharges and saliva in those places. Um, anyway, taken from patients suffering a disease, i.e. measles, anthrax and tuberculosis. Um, once the starting material is in, obtained, it's sterilised and serially diluted, just like any homeopathic remedy, often to the point where there's no, other, no active ingredients. Which is just as well when you think of discharges and pus. As with, uh, do, do many homeopaths then die collecting their samples? You know, like when someone's got cholera and you're sitting underneath them, if you'll pardon the expression, with a, with a bedpan waiting for their poo to come out. And then on the way over to the homeopathic lab, you, you breathe the whiff of the cholera-infected poo and you die. Well, we can only hope. Um, once starting to sterilise, blah, 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 blah. As with homeopathic remedies, nosodes are taken orally. Great. And are used for a wide variety of conditions. We're concerned by the use of nosodes to prevent infectious disease, a procedure known as homeoprophylaxis. It sounds like a hippie condom, doesn't it? Have you got your homeoprophylaxis? Yes, I'm, I'm wearing it now. 
Well, you never know when you might get lucky. There are several homeoprophylaxis programs that are being promoted by complementary and alternative medicine providers as a replacement for a vaccination schedule. Schedule. These programs include nosodes purported to provide immunity from measles, polio, pertussis, mumps, chickenpox, all on the one great album from KTEL. And other serious childhood illnesses. Shouldn't that be illness-ize? Illness-ize? <clears throat> there are even programs offered to certify naturopaths and homeopaths to supervise the administration of these products. They are, an una- they are unaff- unaffiliated with any educational institution. Yes. Yes, that would be rather obvious. Uh, and are uh, based on anecdote and magical thinking. Oh, Abracadabra. Homeoprophylaxis proponents often reference five to six week studies to support their claims, but none of these were double-blind, randomised, controlled trials, and most were published before 1970 and were never replicated. Well, that's almost the 50-year rule, isn't it? Because it was from 50 years ago. Then it says the extent of nozode use in Canada. Ooh, sounds like you Canadians have got a bit of a problem. And again, we've got Brunswick, so I suppose hmm, maybe we shouldn't point the finger. Hmm, look at this, you poor bastards. Now you've got that twat as your Prime Minister. Fuck, you're in deep trouble. Oh, gee, look at, look at these. Hang on. Oh, oh, recommends... Oh, dear, there's a homeopathic book, apparently. I'm just paraphrasing it here. <gasps> Fuck, you're in deep trouble. Do you hear this beard? Fuck, mate. I mean, I know you've got nationalised medicine the same as we have, but if I was you, drive that truck of yours across the border and pay for some vaccinations in America, mate. Because <coughs> otherwise they'll be giving you nosodes for vaccine-preventable illnesses, like diphtherium, haemophilus influenzums, hepatitis A, nosode. Hepatitis B nosode, human papilloma virus nosode, influenzium, meningococcyacumbin, morbillium, which is better known as measles, parat... <laughs> That's interesting. Paratidinium, paratidinum, which is mumps, which is me interesting. You puff up like a parrot. Pertussis, whooping cough. Pneumoniococcumenium. Pneumonia. Poliomyelitis. Oh, there it is. There's that word. Mark my words. First couple of children start dropping to poliomyelitis, you are going to have brown underpants everywhere. Because that one's a bastard. Rotovirus, rubella, tetatoxin, varicella, which is your chicken box, isn't it? Sounds like a brand of sort of stock cubes or stock powder that are chicken flavoured. New varicella varicella powder. Cholera, cholerotoxin, which is obviously cholera. Dengue fever, malaria, typhoidium, and yellow fever nosodes. Now in convenient um, lozenge form. Fuck. Holy fuck. That's scary. That is bloody scary. <clears throat> anyway. Oh dear, oh dear. 
He, this, somebody put this. I thought this was quite funny, actually. You might enjoy this. It might take your mind off the horrible diseases. <clears throat> Factualfacts.com, which obviously must be a bullshit website. But anyway. A man tried to rob a bank after paying $500 to a wizard to make him invisible. I just couldn't resist this. It's got to be. It's got to be bullshit. I don't know. Maybe not, because look at people are taking... Maybe he thought he could take a nosode. An invis take this special invisibility nosode. Never trust strangers. That's something most of us were taught by our parents or guardians at an early stage of life. Especially, especially, I tell you, especially if the stranger says he's a sorcerer who can turn you invisible while you rob a bank. <laughs> you would say people couldn't be that fucking dumb, but... Yeah, you, you would say people couldn't be that dumb, but, you know. Thanks, fuckwit. Never trust strangers. Unfortunately for one man in Iran, he made the mistake of trusting a fake sorcerer, as opposed to a real one, who convinced him that he was invisible and could rob a bank safely. The man explained to the court he'd paid 500 million reals, or riles, well, that's Iranian for money, which is just under 290 pounds. <laughs> and I don't know what that is in kilos, to a wizard imposter, who in return gave him a set of spells to tie to his arm. <clears throat> the fake sorcerer, the fake sorcerer. The fake sorcerer explained to him that the spells would make him invisible and that he could rob all the banks he wanted. The man's ill-fated attempt to rob a bank started to go wrong when he entered the bank and started to random, randomly snatching money from the hands of customers before they decided to act quickly and overpower the thief. The man told the court, I made a mistake. I understand now that was a big trick that was played on me. And what have people had to say? Methamphetamines, yup, yup, yup. Oh, someone, I hope he sued the sorcerer and when he gets out of prison, I hope he'll contact me. I'd happy to happy to sell him a spell. <clears throat> that'll give him a wonderful news of a new suit of clothes. Then he can walk down the street with his head held high. Hmm. Then there's a thing here. Ten of the world's dumbest criminals. Criminals. Hurry up. Come on, quick. We've got to move on. I've got some really disgusting things. This is from the Thrutcher. Thrutcher.com. Ten of the world's dumbest criminals. Oh, fuck it. Number ten. Deaf robber can't hear the alarm. A man named Klaus Schmidt attempted to rob a bank in Berlin in 1995. He walked through the front door brandishing a pistol, demanding the bag be filled with cash. Um, he said, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. The alarm was sounded, but he couldn't hear it. So um, what's this? Um, the employees pretended it wasn't very loud so as not to tip off the armed man. He was unaware when police entered the bank and put him into custody. His response, Schmidt sued the bank for taking advantage of his hearing impairment. Oh, that's got to be a lot of bullshit. Number, oh, fuck, number nine. Number nine. A free beer catches 19 criminals. I've heard of that sort of stuff. In Derbyshire, which is spelt wrong, by the way, because it's spelt with an E, it should be spelt with an A. In Derbyshire, police used a novel sting to lure criminals by offering them free beer. 
number of wanted criminals, received a message saying that they had won a free crate of beer, all they needed to do was contact, blah, 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 and you know the rest. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing it. I just happened to find this. Robber, uh, number eight. Right, 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 right. Uh, it's really just flatulence and burping. And we're moving on to the... Um, Semen bit in a minute. Robber gives cashier his, his contact info. Oh, God. Chicago, like many other cities, has its fair share of criminals, which start their careers on the wrong side of the law. Robert Zerate decided to rob a muffler shop. He came in through the front, uh, blah, 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 blah. The problem was he just missed the shop's manager, who was the only one with the code to the safe. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Not one to give up. Zerate decided he would try later because he had probably more robberies to commit that day. So he left his phone number. Oh, come on. This has got to be a load of bullshit. Number seven, another one left a birth certificate. I don't know why. Another one planned to get away on a donkey. I've given up on the top ten. Robbers warn bank by a phone. This sounds like suey pork, doesn't it? When the snooper, sniper, snooper was outside her flat, I've got a sniper rifle on you. I'm going to take you by surprise. Carjacker can't drive a can't drive a manual car. <laughs> Stop. Yes. See, if you're a man and you can't, at the risk of being incredibly sexist, I think if you're a man and you can't drive a stick shift, you might as well grow one of those lumber sexual beards. Sorry, I shouldn't say that, but I have. It's too late. I can't take it back now, and I never fucking edit. Number three, a burglar crashes a home full of police. Second one, some robber gave away his gun. And someone had the worst disguise ever. (coughs) I think they dressed as, um, was it Elvis or some bullshit? I don't care. It's not important. It's going to be one of those run-of-the-mill podcasts today, I'm afraid. Misogyny is pushing women out of the atheist movement, says a feminist writer. According to the New York Lifetime, misogyny, I'm only half the man I used to be since they cut my testicles off of me. <laughs> the problem of sexism in religion has been well documented, although most of it's debunked crap. But anyway, this issue comes up in different types of religion. Oh, hang on. Sexist in religion. Oh, yeah, that's well documented. That's all right. We're poking fun at them. I don't mind that. But it said sexism and atheism. How dare you, I said. Get back in the kitchen. Cook my breakfast. Uh, the problem of sexism in religion is well documented. Too right it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't mind hitting soft targets. The issue comes up in different types of religions. Just this week. Just this week, I think. Although I don't know when this article was written. But it was just this week. Orthodox Jewish schools in London came under fire for erasing women from their textbooks, Nosha, my old son. The bastards. Um, earlier this month, the Baltimore mosque president, Ob- well, so the, sorry, the Malta, the, sorry, the Maltabore mosque, the Baltimore mosque, that president, they didn't put a comma in there, that President Obama visited was taken to Tusk. Taken to Tusk, I tell you, taken to Tusk. <laughs> taken oh fuck taken to tusk it's irrelevant thank you taken to tusk tusk 
by an op-ed writer. I'm going to turn the fan back on. It's too hot. It's either too hot. Oh, man, I'm... Because now it's February 26, right? We're only a few... In, in Australia, we change our seasons on the first day of the month. I know you wacky Americans do it at different times. But I am so looking forward to autumn. I really am. Just, I'm, I'm done with the hot weather. I really am. Fuck it, I'm done with it. Of course, mind you, in a few weeks I'll be complaining how cold it is and I can't feel my fingers anymore. But it's all right when you sort of can't feel your fingers because when you, uh, you know what I mean, you, have a, you do that, it feels like someone else. Um, was taken to Tusk in our pages practicing gender apartheid. Oh, what a fucking bastard. Believers and atheists might have little to nothing in common with ideology, Nick, except for one thing! Persuasive sexism. So there. This is from the Women in the World column. Marcy Bianco, an avowed atheist since the age of eight and an effeminate and feminist writer, argues in an essay for the whole website Quartz that sexism and misogyny are rampant through the atheist movement, and boy, do we get told about it. Um, and offers up recent examples, which is one of the world's most famous atheists, Richard Dawkins, who posted a video on Twitter that mocked feminists and Muslims. Yeah, I had it on my podcast and my Facebook page. That was fucking funny. Um, she also points out that while several observers have noted the problem, few have tried to explain it. Bianco theorizes that misogyny within atheism originates from two sources. Two sources, HP and Tomato. The new atheist element of sexism is both cause and consequence of the movement's demographics. <coughs> Bianco writes, citing the Pew Research, Pew Research that shows atheists in America are largely white men, but then in America, the population is largely white. She argues that, um, like the male supporters of the presidential candidate Bernie Sanders, who have been dubbed Bernie's bros, male atheists simply resort to objectifying women. Yeah, because they've got really nice breasts and stuff. <laughs> of course, that's only half of her intriguing explanation, though, is it? The other evidence she presents involves a social theory that goes all the way back to the 1860s. Oh, God, I bet that's a snooze fest. You can read the full thing at court. I'm not going to. You can label me a sexist if... You, I don't really don't care, actually. I really fucking don't care. Um, so, in, in news for this, then I found this in Jews News. These are th some of the things that feminists do. And I'm all for this. Feminists shove crucifixes up their anuses to express their hatred towards God, apparently, according to Jews News. Women have anuses. And that was my excuse just to play that, all right? Call the police. Feminists went to the Vatican Square where they shoved crucifixes up their anuses. I wonder if they lubed them first. To express their utter hatred for God. And maybe for even Richard Dawkins, if they had time. They don't mention him here, but I'm sure somewhere he'll be in there. Three women pulled a stunt in their cunt. No, I put the word cunt in there. No, three women pulled on... Pulled, hang on. Three women pulled off their stunts. One's for cunning stunts and the other one's for stunning cunts. Actually, wouldn't it be good if the police um, carried battens in the shape of crucifixes? 
put the fear of God in you. I'll hit you with my crucifix. The three women pulled off the... It, should, it says pulled off their stunt here. It should be off. These Jews can't spell. I mean, what's the story with these Jews? <coughs> I am an immortized. I am not bloody Jewish. Best of it. I mean, I, you know, I have met the odd one or two that's all right. <laughs> even want their tribal marks tattooed, National Health. Well, your Jews have it done. There's circumcision rights. Uh, it was a good opportunity to have some coffee. I can't get over this opening sentence. The three women pulled off their stunt on St Peter's Square, the enormous plaza located right in front of St Peter's Basilica. Yes, if you've ever had a crucifix shoved up your basilica, you'll understand that. But I don't think it would be as painful as sticking it up your anus. <coughs> now, I don't know how factual Jews news is, and I don't care. This podcast is not about factuality, and there's not even a word called factuality. As I had to tell Fick... You know, look for a podcast that's more suited for you. This podcast deals with some of these subjects, but we don't deal with them very well. And sometimes to varying degrees of success. Sometimes it's fucking funny. Other times it's just going through the motions, rather like a homeopath searching for samples for their nosodes. Here, let me go through your motion and let me scoop up a bit of it to make a nosode. The callbacks only start to get half reasonable about the one hour and four minute mark. The three women pulled off their stunts. Oh, God, I wish I'd been there. Oh, God, I wish I'd been there. I would have loved to have seen that in, in, in reality. Watching women put crosses up their bottoms. <clears throat> the enormous plaza located in front of Peter's Basilica. Two of them had, keep it inside, <laughs> sprawled across their backs. So it'd be like a crucifix butt plug. You know, like those butt plugs that you see. Sometimes they have little jewel things on the end of them. They look like little shiny jewels and they go in your bottom. And then you, and you, get, and you get more used to keeping them in your bottom. <clears throat> and you wear them around in your daily life with a butt plug in your bottom. sprawled across their backs in an apparent I'm getting all funny now in apparent reference to their anger at the Pope's activities to extend beyond the tiny papal enclave in Rome <clears throat> yes. see you know how people say I, oh no I won't, should I go there I don't know yeah why not uh, yeah, whenever something is in your mind and you think you shouldn't go there you probably should you know Anita Sarkeesian Caesarean scar. You know how, like, she's pretty bossy, as is, um, as is, um, as is, uh, what's her name? Her. It's not just for you, Mr. Entitled. Because, like, you know, like when they used to say, like, CEOs of companies who make decisions that destroy people's lives and they're very bossy kind of men, they're usually the ones that are going to the professional dominatrixes and having their testicles trodden on and having stuff done to them, you know, because then they want to be the opposite end of the scale. Do you reckon all of those women would be incredibly submissive? Like, they wouldn't be in real life because they're bossy and ball breakers, but behind closed doors, do you reckon they'd be incredibly submissive? 
So I'm sort of really intrigued by that. It's the sort of question I'd really like to ask one of them. If then I'd have to get up off the floor from being thumped. But, you know, I would ask that. And if they, and do you reckon they would put crucifixes in their bottoms? I reckon they might. The trio, de- I only think that. I don't know if it's true, but I can fantasize about it. See, I can turn Big Red and Anita Caesarean Scar and a lot of those women into my own little personal fantasies because I imagine them doing all sorts of things. <coughs> or me doing sorts of things to them, to be brutally honest. But anyway, the trio decked out in nothing but... Oh, fuck, this is turning me on. But blank... Oh, my God. Black ankle boots. <laughs> Leather mini skirts. Oh, and flower garlands in their hair. Oh! Should have opened the podcast with this. <clears throat> and garlands in their hair dropped to all fours. Oh, and began simulating lewd acts with their creek. Oh, only simulating them. It says here they put them in their bottoms. Police immediately swarmed on the women as bemused tourists snapped photographs. And I bet they did. Covering the women's bare breasts with coats, the cops dragged them off. Oh, imagine they dragged them off by the hair. With one of the women crying, she was screaming her safe word. And this was her safe word. The Pope is not a politician, God, or not a magician. And then I bet they locked the girls up in the cells, right? Charged them. And then probably tried to employ them for off-duty parties. You, do you girls rent yourself out for like... Because, you know, being a cop is a, is a pretty stressful business. And the boys, you know, like to have a drink after work. And there's a special little club we go to and... We're just wondering if we could hire you to, um, you know, help pay your fines when you go to court. We pay cash. We pay you lots of lovely lira. <sighs> these, fe- According to this um, Jews news, these feminists need to be arrested and severely punished. Oh, as we read in St. Jerome... To punish, this is from, um, yeah, to punish murderers and impious men is not shedding blood but applying the laws. St. Jerome's commentary on Jemiah in Bellarine <clears throat> on secular people or laymen. Chapter 13. Ed tutti, not page 50. Whoever blasphemes in the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death, or at least taunted and threatened with it. I hold your very life in my hands. Now with each welt of my little riding crop you shall say my name. All the congregation shall certainly stone him. So they'll be bringing marijuana to the party anyway. The stranger as well as him who was born in the land, where he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. (coughs) I'm sure Big Red could be a genre of porn. I'm pretty sure of that. You know, like in the book, you have anal and fetishes and you know, black on white and all those things. And there should be there should be their own little thing, you know, Big Red. Um, 
The scripture speaks of a boy in his vale who blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed, and they put him into custody. Yes, but he didn't stick a crucifix in his bottom. They took, uh, and they took outside the camp who had cursed and stoned him with stones. So Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were there. And this is what should happen to these wretches, said somebody. They should be punished just as Jehu killed Jezebel when he had some eunuchs. 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 Eunuchs, if you pronounce it like a New Zealander. It's an eunuchs. Threw her down and some of her blood splattered on the wall and the horses... And of, on the horses, and he trampled her underfoot, Second Kings 32, and Jehu said, Go now, see to this accursed woman, and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. So this is where the Old Testicle, Testament and the Koran um, get a bit word for word. And people always think it's funny. They say, I'll read this thing from the Koran to you, and you can... And then, of course, the, someone says, Oh, that's disgusting, what was I just read from the Koran there. I hate Muslims. And then the guy says, actually, that was from the Bible. Yeah, see? And they always miss the point. Yes, they're both cut from the same fucking switch when it comes to the Old Testament. They're just as disgusting as each other, except that Christians at the moment don't quite have the same thing going on. At the mo- Well, in some African countries they do, but... <clears throat> These reprobate devils need to be punished just as Phineas. Didn't he go around the world in 80 days? Just as Phineas, with fiery zeal, killed, Zim, killed Zimri at his mid, uh, Midianite, Midianite, and his Midianite harlots. Oh, oh you Midianite harlots. I shall tighten your collar just a little more. It's quite beautiful how profound scripture describes... Um, how this awesome warrior of heaven rose among the con- congregation, took a javelin in his hands, <laughs> and he went after the man of Israel into his tent. Oh, sorry. And thrust both of them. Oh, sorry. Thrust both of them through. Through what? A condom? The man of Israel and woman through her body. And all of this because women stuck crucifixes in their anuses, according to Jews News. Somebody wrote, how can this be blasphemy when it's already idolatrous? And then someone answered that, you dumb idiot, you're a dumb idiot, and reason why Christians hate Jews and the reason for the anti-Semitic attacks. Someone said, more proof that God's followers are psycho-nuts. Someone said, narcissistic, I'm no longer Catholic, but I walk away. I not do I not feel the attempt what, to show the world what a pig I can be. Loosers. No, I think you mean losers, don't you? And then someone said, what is a looser? Well, it's looser after you've shoved a crucifix in it. <clears throat> you begin with a tiny crucifix, and then you work your way up to one of those really big ones. Um, and eventually you have, what is it? An anus like a wizard's sleeve. Anyway, there's shitloads of people who've written responses for it. But I think we should have. Um, I think we should have definitely videoed it. I'm really annoyed. And they've blot. The funny thing is, they're wearing miniskirts hitched up with the crucifix between the cheeks of their bottom, sort of thing. But they've blurred out their breasts. 
Now, these women are my kind of feminists. <clears throat> this I like. Now, from this to this. <clears throat> in the Hindu dust, in the Hindust, Hindustan Times from India. <coughs> Gujarat village bans mobile phones for unmarried women. <coughs> See, where's Big Red now when you need her? She could be over there. Prime Minister Neanderthal, so Narendra Modi, may be promoting his digital India drive across the world. But a village in his native district of Mashana in Gujarat has banned mobile phones for unmarried women. Um, in a village there, 100 kilometres from the state's financial capital of Thingo, I'll leave the name. They're too hard to read. I wish I had my son-in-law here, but he's a Sikh. But I'm sure he can pronounce all the... He should be here now. I forgot. I had some um, runners that I bought but they're they're too they're sort of too small for me. But they'd fit him, and I forgot to give them to him. He moved the wardrobe. He's very strong. He's a security guard. Don't want to mess with him, mate. Um, some friendly women never never states fine. Have decided to fine women twenty one hundred rupees for possessing a mobile phone, and the informer gets two hundred rupee as a reward. Why do girls need cell phone? That's what it says here. Internet is a waste of time and money for a middle-class community like us. Girls should better utilise their time for study and other work, said Surja, Surja village Sarpnash. Does that mean like supreme leader or something? Devshi Vanka. What a Vanka. You're a total Vanka. <clears throat> The only exception to the rule is if a relative wants to talk to a girl. Her parents can pass on their phones for conversation. Vanka said the entire 2,500 people are comprising various castes. Welcome the decision. See, we think we've got problems in the West. Look at that. The Suraj village, Suraj, uh, not Suraj village, Suraj Village, spelt S-U-R-A-J, imposed the ban on February 12, just two days before um, Valentine's Day. Oh, that's a bit sad. But it may spread to other parts of northern Guraj, Gurajarat, as the politically influential Thakur community initiates a drive to extend restriction with support to the other OBC community. You following this? such as Rabari and Vanka. I think I preferred it when the women were sticking um, crucifixes up their bottoms. I wonder if they'll protest in India by sticking mobile phones up their bottoms. Mm. Especially if they have the cameras on and they're, you know, like f these days, phones can film video. I say leave the camera on and as it goes into the anus, we'll see it go in. Small things amuse small minds. <laughs> Size of a, what did I say before, a walnut. The motivation for the mobile phone ban for women can be traced to an alcohol addiction drive. What? An alcohol de-addiction drive by the Thackers, mainly aimed at men. I have no idea what that means. As the drive progressed, the community came out. They did, they came out. 
All the men were wearing corsets and heels and stockings. They came out. With rules and regulations for a woman's lifestyle. Well, I'm not surprised the way they were dressed. Community leaders felt just like liquor. The use of cell phones by unmarried women created a nuisance in society. <coughs> in January, Lada in the Banaka... Banaskantha district was the first village to implement such a ban. They have cell phone towers, obviously, in all these places, though. The community vowed to intensify the drive against alcohol de-addiction as well as cell phones by passing resolutions during meetings organised in the rural parts of the state's northern belts and matching handbag. Alcohol consumption by men and cell use, cell phone use by women create a lot of disturbance in society, apparently. Young girls get misguided. It can break families and ruin relationship. Right. Said the Rakhkanjani Thakur, a community leader from North Gujarat. If the ban, it, meaning the ban, is the village's idea only. Right. <clears throat> there you have it. So, yeah. Mm, see? Uh. Mm. Bad bathroom habits you're probably guilty of. This is actually, this actually was a commercial for Domain Real Estate, but I, it said bad bathroom habits you're probably guilty of, and the first thing I thought of was peeing in the shower, and sure enough it was there. So I thought, okay, well, I'll read that. I don't know if I'll read the whole thing. Oh, no, it's quite it's quite um, short. And we've got to move on to the recipes in a minute. Thank you, Elsa. I can't work out why you listen to this show, Elsa, but anyway, you do. I think you like the bad boy. I think that's what it is. There's something anything goes about the bathroom. Perhaps it's because, unless you're some sort of degenerate, it's standard practice to always shut that particular door. What's wrong with that? Why is that a degenerate not to shut the door? I think if you're comfortable within your own home space, lots of people leave the door open. Creating a safe space. So here we go. We're back to safe spaces again. Within which the id, the id, the id, the idi, the id can be freed and one's true self can be revealed. Hmm. Yes, while you may leave a small small pile of tissues all over the desk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's going to fit in nicely with our next uh, topic. Or change your bed sheets less often than you should, or ignore the five-second rule in the kitchen. What's that? Premature ejaculation in the kitchen. Is that the five-second rule? It's within the bathroom that most shadowy of a householder's activities come into play. You betcha they do. So here's a spotter's guide, according to Domain Real Estate. It's just trying to sell you a house, by the way. Imagine that if people took you through um, um, a walkthrough of the house. I'm going to do that because my daughter and son-in-law will be inspecting houses in this area soon to buy. I'm going to go along with them to the inspector. And I'm going to say to the real estate person when they get when they give you the tour of the house, I'm going to say, when they get to the bathroom, I'm going to say, uh, can you provide proof that people didn't piss in that shower? And just watch, just watch the look on their face and see, just see their answers. Because someone might say, well, everybody does it in the shower. Oh, do you? You admit to that, do you? I see. Uh, Weeing in the shower. 
<coughs> At the risk of sounding like the exposition from the after-school special, everybody does it. Although I think the I think the point is that in order to be winging in the shower, you have to be in the shower and actually showering at the time. I don't know if it's acceptable to just pop in there, fling the glass doors open, wee in there and just shut them. And it's like they say, you know, I got kicked out of the pool for weeing in the pool. Oh, everybody wees in the pool, yes, but not from the high diving boards. I think that's the I think that's the, the defining line. So we may as well get that out of the way. And there's good news. Having a whiz in the shower means you're saving a flush. So much for grass activist, uh, grassroots activists in Britain have begun a campaign for people to go with the flow, peeing in the shower while the water is running, that is. Don't be a weirdo. So that's, that's what I said. That's, that's obviously the defining line. Turning on the shower early. Oh, that's a big one, isn't it? Listen, you water wally. Hey, you water wally, what are you doing? It may be will be cold in there unless you leave the hot tap running for 10 minutes. Uh, and you may very well find the sound of running water relaxing. Yes, it is. It makes you want to wee, though. Uh, but unless you want your children to live in a future of wet wipes and drinking their own wee, see above, pump the brakes on the water wastage. Shower beers, a glass of wine in the bath. Yeah, but you've got to use plastic glasses because um, glass glasses in the bath can be very, very dangerous. A glass of wine in the bath? Forget it. These days, all the cool kids are drinking beers in the shower. Here's hoping they're also making stubby holders out of non-slip shower mats because nothing puts pay to your relaxing Sunday afternoon beverage like a bathtub full of broken glass and blood. Flushing matches down the toilets. Look, we don't know which desiccated old guru told you that lighting a match would clear the air in the smallest room, but it's mostly bunkum or bumkin. Bumkin as the case may be. Your bathroom stinks like that crucifix that that woman stuck up her bum. If, however, you're going to do that, blah, 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 don't put matches down the toilet. Sticking your false eyelashes to the mirror for next time. Oh, is that just me, it says here. Indoor plant graveyard. Yes, there's so many dead things. Watching movies in the bath. In a rapidly cooling bath while your bum and lower back start to go numb. Watching a streaming movie that keeps conking out <clears throat> because the Wi-Fi isn't very strong. And the other one, reading on the dunny, which is a toilet for our overseas listeners. Reading on the dunny. Here's another one of the guilty blah, 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 blah. Accidentally dropping your book or iPad or Kindle in the bowl. Well, it's actually very bad. It's very, they say it's, well, they say it's very bad for, um... For um, <clears throat> for your piles, you know, hemorrhoids, they say, because you're sitting on that little ring thing and it's causing the anus bit to get all weak. That's what I'm told. I don't know how true it is, but uh, that's what I'm told. <coughs> and then soon, you know, your bottom your bottom gets weakened from sitting there. You slack ass to time. Thank you. Daily medical... This is, this is... I read this and then Elsa sent me a thing that said that... Um, He's debunked me. I've been debunked, but I'm, I'm still going to read it. Except I'm never going to let the truth get in the way of a good podcast. <clears throat> From dailymedicalinfomaniacs.info. This is more important than even getting yourself vaccinated against measles. Okay, do this first, then first get this injection, then go get another one. Blowjobs are good for a woman's health and fight depression because women do like the taste of cucumber. I found that. I... 
I'm actually yet to meet a woman who does not like the taste of cucumber. Uh, Blowjobs are good for a woman. How on earth? I don't know how. I know some women do spits. Had a few that won't swallow, but many of them do. Then they think it tastes all right. They say it tastes like what you've been eating. So in my case, it would taste like vagina then, would it? Oral sex is good for a woman's health and makes you feel happier, according to a study which studied... A study which studied... How's that, eh? According to a study which studied... Who'd have thunk it? The effects of semen. Mood-altering chemicals. Mood-altering. No, mood-altering. <coughs> the State of University... The State University of New York study which scientists carried out via a survey rather than through practical experiment. That's a shame. Imagine that, taking part in a study. Women, we need you to take part in a study. That'd be all right. Um, Hang on, to assess their mental health. Must do the mental health. I don't know if it makes them any less crazy, but anyway. It follows research which shows that seminal fluid, seminal, from the seminary, from the priest of the same name, which shows seminal fluid contains chemicals that elevates mood. Hmm. I'm in a right mood. And increases affection. Induces sleep and also contains at least three antidepressants. You ready for this? Three antidepressants. All in a loving spoonful, as it were. Um, researchers also claim that women who have regular unprotected sex are less, de- are less depressed and perform better on cognitive tests. Now, so far, we haven't really seen any proof of this, but I don't care. I'm happy to stick with this because we've all got to... Look, I'm as big a fan of James Randi as anybody. But I think we all need a little woo in our life. And actually, come to think of it, he did come out as gay a few years ago, so I'm going to assume that he has tasted semen as well. Sorry to the James Randi fans. I know there's a photo of me interview. I'm sorry. <coughs> so even if this isn't true, I don't care. This is going to be my little piece of woo, and I'm going to stick to it the way that it sort of sticks pages together. Semen contains another form of chemical along with spermatozoa, including cortisol, which is known to increase affection, estrone, which elevates mood, and oxytocin, which also elevates mood. It also contains thyrotropin. It also contains thyrotropin-releasing hormone, which is another antidepressant. Melatonin, a sleep-inducing agent. So, um, when it leaves men's bodies, they become tired and sleepy. So, as it enters a woman's mouth, she'll become tired. Let me hear, darling. You're a bit restless. We're both a bit restless. You give me a blowjob. That'll help me go to sleep, and at the same time, we'll give you a little. A little semeny sleeping secretion. Just don't kiss me afterwards, otherwise go and brush your teeth. Yuck. Hate it. That's why men are, that's why we're so busy trying to get rid of it. That's why we're constantly trying to eject it from our bodies. We hate it. Um even serotonin, perhaps the best known antidepressant neurotransmitter. Serotonin. Given these ingredients, and this is just a small see, that's why. They never asked me to go back on um, that show, Incredulous. And yet Elsa discovered me there. Isn't that funny? Isn't that strange? And this is just a small sample of mind-altering jugs. Sorry, drugs. Sorry, jugs. 
found in human semen. Should that be men's semen? <coughs> Researchers Gallup and Birch. Oh, come with us and gallop and gallop and gallop. And romp a room today. Our animal friends will join us. Will join us. You've got to be my age to know where that song came from. That was from Romper Room. Sort of ultimate age play show. They should come up with an adult's version now of Romper Room. For all the age players. <coughs> Hello to my BDSM friends that are listening. Yes, I miss you all too. Along with psychologist Stephen Platek. Or Platek hypothesise that women having unprotected sex should be less depressed than suitable control participants. <coughs> Hormone-free male pill that halts sperm production is a step closer. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's a step closer, I tell you. up to an hour and 31. Is that all? Fuck. Hurry up and be two hours. Hypothesized that should be... Hormone-free male pill that halts sperm production is a step closer. Does having um, sex make women more fertile? Semen found to trigger ovulation. Like some sort of catalyst. Like some sort of reactionary stereotype. To investigate whether semen has antidepressant effects, the authors rounded up 293 colleagues, female, colleague, college females, rounded them up. It doesn't, it that sounds terrible. It sounds like fucking Boko Haram. Rounded them up from the university's Albany campus. Fucking Big Red and her friends would be coming out with fucking pitchforks, flaming pitchforks, wouldn't they? How dare you misogynists from the Albany who agreed to fill out an anonymous questionnaire about various aspects of their sex life. Recent sexual activity without condoms was used as an indirect measure of seminal plasma. Seminal plasma circulating in the woman's body. Ooh. That sounds great. Each participant completed the Beck Depression Inventory. What's he got to do with it? I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? That was Beck, wasn't it? Two turntables and a microphone. Where it's at? He's a Scientologist, actually, I think, isn't he? Uh, depression Inventory. A commonly used clinical measure of depressive symptoms. The most significant findings from the study published in the archives of sexual behaviour were that even after adjusting for the frequency of sexual intercourse, or feminist frequency, hello Anita if you're listening, women who engaged in sex and quote unquote never used condoms showed significantly, ready for this, How that's how many, how many, significantly fewer depressive symptoms than those who usually or always use condoms. Is this put out by the Catholic Church or something? Yes, ladies, give up putting crucifixes in your anuses and go back to sucking cock. I think that's what they're trying to say here. 
But I'm happy to I'm happy to accommodate all of it. I'm happy for you to be on all fours, sucking mine, and let me put the crucifix in your anus. That's fine. I don't mind. Importantly, these, in fact, condoms should only be used on crucifixes. But don't kiss me afterwards because I hate the taste and the smell of it, all right? These chronically condomless, sexually active women also evidence fewer depressive symptoms than those who abstain from sex altogether. <coughs> By contrast, sexually active heterosexual women, including self-described, quote-unquote, promiscuous women, who use condoms were just as depressed as those practicing total abstinence. I know this is a load of horseshit, but gee, it's fun to read. The research suggested that it's not just women who are having sex that are simply happier, but the happiness, the happiness level, the happiness level might be related to the quantity of semen within their body. So, there you go. No. It's proven, because daily medical infomaniacs told me. No, not infomaniacs, informatics. But just, just, just when you think, you know, someone sends you this. Thanks, Elsa. Thanks a whole bunch. But it's good. It got onto the show. Plus, we're going to move on to the recipes in a minute. Semen included recipes. Yes. Yeah. This is from alternet.org. Pouring homeopathic water all over it. That's what you're doing. Sorry, guys, just because one study claims that semen cures women's depression doesn't mean it's true. Can be. It's not a lie if you believe it. <coughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, by the way. Stephanie, Stephanie, are you listening? When I was going to do my drunken show last night, I saw you were online and I was going to message you and say, do you want to join me in two hours? But where you were, it was already like nearly 11 o'clock at night. And then I thought, but then I thought I'm so tired, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I want to have you on. I do. And yes, I don't, I don't read messages and stuff. I'm very naughty, but you know that about me. You know that, you know. Now, then we can discuss whether you think that's true, this whole thing about the semen thing, all right? Now, here we go. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Apparently, it doesn't cure um, thing, but it's not a lie if you believe it. Ow! Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> It's the semen study that won't stop. Yes, it's like an incredible junket pumper. See, I think that's... Didn't, I, I once saw this um, video put out by that William Schoenblend or whatever his name was. He's the fundo-type Christian who used to be a Satanist and he was once a Freemason. And he said the reason why Freemasons go around erecting obelisks everywhere is because it's a penis, satanic penis-based religion. And they wear the apron or something to cover up the penis in their things. Anyway, that's what he was saying. So it was supposed to be about the everlasting erection that never goes flaccid. 
Because I think men, we don't like to believe, you The know. penis is distinctly rubbery. We don't like that. We don't like thoughts like that. <coughs> like as I said, though, some of these rad films do give me the fucking horn. I've got to say, that I'll get the fucking horn thinking about some of them. I really do. But then again, I would, wouldn't I? <coughs> Call me gross if you want to. It's the semen study that won't stop in the 10 years since its publication. Publication. Cation. It's continued to make news despite, despite being preliminary and involving a measly 293 undergraduate participants. Every two to three years, there'll be something about it on the internet. Yes, there was, said Gordon Gallup, Jr. Oh, come with us and Gallup. Come with us and... I've got to do it now. I've got to do it. Oh, come with us... Oh, get the right key. Oh, no. Oh, oh, come with us and gallop and gallop and gallop. Oh, come with us and gallop in romper room today. Our BDS friends will... BDSM... SM friends... BDSM friends will join us. Will join us. But... The lead researcher behind a 2002 study. I don't know why, uh, other than it's a very interesting topic. Yes, it is, Gordon, it is. Interesting indeed, Gallup, who started our phone conversation with, so you want to talk about semen? In the Navy. (coughs) Found that women who were practicing unprotected sex, he said his co-authors, awfuls, Concluded that semen might act as an antidepressant. Well, you know, you know, it's, I think it's better to be proactive with these things. See, unlike um, homeopathy, which sometimes causes more harm than good, um, a blowjob a day might keep the depression away. It might not, but what harm could it do? I know, you take that instead of proper medicine. Yeah, no, that was my argument, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Hypocrisy. <laughs> I'm half the man I used to be. The study made headlines again this week, despite being a decade old, appearing on Gawker, <coughs> the Huffington Post, and the venerable Daily Mail. Other online outlets, just as it had before, it inspired headlines like, Giving blowjobs make women happier. And oral sex can help women beat depression. Well, they can't argue with you if, if you've got a stiffy in their mouth. Although I, ima- although I do imagine one, I think, could, whilst giving a blowjob, still manage to... Well, she would be. A f- you would be. She would be. That's exactly right. If you shut the fuck up. No, it sounds like. <coughs> she gives me the yawn. I'll get a fucking yawn. I've got the yawn. Oh, fucking hell. I've got the yawn. Why don't they want me back? I'm incredulous. Why don't they want me back? Never again have I been contacted. Only from deviants, I think. I've never been con- I'd say no. But I'd like them to come to me on their stinking, grovelling hands and knees. And I'd still say, no. No, I got your, li- I got some of you. Oh, I got one of your listeners. That's enough. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you anymore. 
take your repressed British sexuality and shove it up your bum with a crucifix. Just a big hello to everyone on the Incredulous Podcast. How you doing? I still listen to Skeptics with a K. They're all friends, you know. They're all friends, you know. The study made an appearance last blah, 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 when the president-elect of the American College of Surgeon controversially riffed in a Valentine's Day editorial. Oh, well, see, that's what's triggered it. A Valentine's Day editorial about semen, blah, 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 blah. Apparently, a blowjob's a better gift than chocolates, he said. Although, I wouldn't mind if a woman was had chocolate all in her mouth and gave me a blowjob. A bit sticky. But anyway. Clearly, the idea of ejaculators Prozac is captivating. Fuck yeah. <coughs> Listen to me wheeze. Watch me wheeze. Watch me nay-nay. Watch me wheeze. Watch me nay-nay. <coughs> it could have something to do with the stereotype of women's hostile reaction to relationship towards the stuff. No, not all. I've had partners who actually like to be grabbed by the scruff of the neck, by their hair and fall. You know, like some people, how dare you, how dare you pull my hair and force my head down there, you, you sexist, misogynist cunt. <coughs> well, I've known some that actually quite like it. They actually like the idea of you grab a handful of hair whenever you feel like it, whenever the mood takes you and you force them. It's a wild and wacky world out there. Of course, I just live alone with my memories these days, so I don't know. <laughs> Surely some misogynists see comic comeuppance in the thought that all those spitters or not-in-my-mouthers have been depriving themselves of a dose of the happy. I'm H-A-P-P-Y, I'm H-A-P-P-Y. I know I am, I'm sure I am, I'm H-A-P-P-Y. Ivor Biggin had a song about that. I remember that. It was on one of his albums. It was... At the appliance shop, I bought a dirty book. Locked in the lab, I had a bloody good look. There was a naked nude lady and a man dressed the same. <gasps> Doing something very rude with a funny foreign name. They called it Felatilleranio, which was Spanish for blowing the bugle. I think that's how it went. Well, I went to my girl... What was it? <clears throat> so very rude with a funny foreign name. Went to my girlfriend's house where she said, Oh, that's not very nice and I don't want to know. So I tactfully said, forget that it's a cock, pretend you're at the seaside and it's a stick of rock. But she said, no, 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 that's that. I could never ever do a filthy thing like that. She said, no, 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 that's that. I could never ever do a filthy thing like that. What do you sing? Well, I sunk it and I washed it. Hang on, I'll look up the lyrics. Wait a minute. <clears throat> Might even be on YouTube with him doing it, but then I'll get a, <clears throat> a copyright strike against me. No, no, no. Ivor Biggin. He was funny, Ivor Biggin. I liked him. He's still around somewhere. Oh, there it is. Hang on. Oh, I'll get done for copy. I'll get done for copyright again. Here it is. At the appliance shop, I bought a filthy boot. Locked in the lab, I had a bloody good loop. There was a naked nude lady and a man dressed. 
the same Doing something very rude with a funny foreign name I think it was called Ferratilio Which is Spanish for blowing a bugle I went round to me girlfriend's house But she said, oh That's not very nice and I don't want to know So I tactfully said, forget that it's a cock Pretend you're at the seaside and it's a stick of rock But she said, no, 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 that's flat I could never, never do a filthy thing like that She said, no, no She said it was called Ferratilleranio and was named after an Italian racing driver. Well, I filled her up with whiskey and I filled her up with gin, but she still wouldn't do it because she said it was a sin. I even had a bath, but the answer was the same. She wouldn't do the thing with the funny foreign name. It was called something like Ferratilleranio. I said it would protect her from tonsillitis, but she wouldn't swallow that. She said, no, 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 that's flat. I could never, never do a filthy thing like that. She said, no, no. Say a man in a hat came knocking at the door. He said, You run the pools half a million or more. With the check in my pocket to my girlfriend's house, I ran to see if she was still a vegetarian. <laughs> I said, Did she remember what a silly girl she'd been about the sword swallowing in that funny magazine? I said, Would she refuse me and treat me with disdain regarding the activity with the funny foreign name? But she said, No, 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 no that's fine. Mr. Fellatio, the ice cream man. <coughs> Hear him jingle, jangle. Into ice cream van. Ice cream van, yeah, right, you know. Mr. Fellatio. All the children say hello, hello. to Mr. Fellatio, the ice cream man. <clears throat> badoom, 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 badoom. That's where Trump's coming. It's going to be grand, lads. Absolutely wonderful. Can't wait, lads. Oh, it's going to be bloody great. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, isn't it? You go look for either Biggins albums around the around t- internet. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. <clears throat> well, we're on the subject. Oh, they've got it all happening now. Look at that. You couldn't get this not so long ago. Now you can. Oh. I'm screwed this week. John Thomas Alcock, he lives northeast of Whitstable. He's got that certain something that the girls find irresistible. 
Constable. He's a fine, upstanding fella, and they say, for what it's worth, yeah. his mother was frightened by a donkey six months before, before his birth. birth. I think I played and this, didn't I play this on an earlier podcast? I'm pretty sure I did. When the midwife heaved him out, the first thing she could seize on, it wasn't his arms, it wasn't his leg, and I guess that that's the reason why he's the, the man with the biggest plonker in the world. Dangle, strap it to your ankle. He keeps it in his trousers tightly curled. Dangle, strap it to your ankle. It's a yard and a half. It fits an inch and it's more and it's unfurled. Oh, well, he's the man with the biggest plunker in the world. As you can imagine, it was an enormous drawback. Well, part of it was anyway. John Thomas Alcock. At school, the kids all gathered round and said, Please tell us what is that behind you dragging on the ground? He said it was a python and it had got the mumps. He stuffed it in his ear and said, I am a petrol pump. He stuffed it down his wellies and the teacher said, Now, John, you'll have to stay behind when all the other kids have gone. A really boring thing about school mistresses is they make you do it again and again. Until you get it right And they make you put your hand up John Thomas Alcock He grew up virile, tall and strong And he became a chimney sweep With a brush attached to his remarkable gong Then he went to China Where dragons can be found And everybody said, here Luke There's a chap with one dragon on the ground <laughs> Get it, one dragon on the ground Oh, please yourself then And then he got married and he had five kids And it comes as no surprise He's a lovely wife with a Rather strange expression in her eyes. And it's not surprising, really, because she's married to the man with the biggest plonker in the world. He keeps it in his trousers tight and curled. It's a yard and a half, it fits an inch, and it's more than it's unfurled. Oh, oh, he's the man with the biggest plonker in the world. He was a champion pole vaulter, with or without the pole. Was he heavily penalised? Oh, indubitably. John Thomas Alcock, he died. Oh, yes, he did. And because of rigor mortis, they couldn't shut the coffin lid. And now he's up in heaven, and his kids are very proud to see their daddy's dongler dangling through the clouds. When it's dark at midnight, you can hear the ladies sigh and whistle when the ghost of old John Tom goes shuffling by. He's the man with the biggest plonker in the world. Dangled, strap it to your ankle. He keeps it in his trousers, tightly curled. Dangled, strap it to your ankle. It's a yard and a half if it's an inch, and it's more when it's unfurled. Oh well, he's the man with the biggest plonker in the world. Dangled, strap it to your ankle. He's the man with the biggest plonker. What an enormous stonker! He's the man with the biggest plonker in the world. Monstrous, I call it. You shouldn't have had a thing like that without a license. I said to my wife, I think he should be bloody well on. And you know what she said? He is, my dear, he is. I have blood. You don't, you, don't hear, you don't hear quality like that much, do you? I've got to find, I've got to find him. I've, I've got to interview him. He's got to, I'd love to get him on the show. Because it's fucked, you know. We really should be doing this on YouTube. Everyone's got 30,000 subscribers. I've got 500 followers. 
I should be doing this on you. I tell you, I should be doing this on YouTube. I know it goes on to YouTube, <clears throat> but it goes on to my stupid Trevor Ibred thing and not under the name of dumbed down atheist. But from what I can see, the people are doing like the equivalent of podcasts, but just doing them on YouTube are, are cleaning up for listeners. I, I mean, I know I'm probably, I'll go on there and get even less listeners, but. <sighs> Where were we? At the appliance shop. I bought, giving blowjobs makes women happier. Uh, clearly the idea, yeah, we said that. It's something to do with the stereotype or hostile relations towards, that's right. And I said I've had partners who don't mind getting a handful of hair grabbed and being forced. Consensually, you understand. I don't just walk down the street and... Goodness me. Surely some misogynists see the comedian comeuppance in the thought that all the spitters and not-in-my-mouthers have been depriving themselves of a dose of happy. This is, this is probably what we need to ask Anita Sarkeesian. When was the last time she swallowed cum? Might improve her mood. It also certainly fulfills the porn fantasy of women hungrily and insatiably devouring cum, which they've spelt wrong here. They've spelled it C-O-M-E, but we all know it's spelt C-U-M when we're talking about ejaculate. Ejaculate. Or could it be as simple as, as Gallup says, it is a very interesting idea. It is a it is a, it was an interesting idea. It was an interesting idea for blue-blooded girls who dyed their hair red. I just want them to give me head. When I was 51, it was a very good year. Ejac and ejaculates. Sometimes when I go off into a song like this, I'm actually typing stuff into Thingo. It was a very good year. For misandric girls. Ejaculate Larry David. It was a very good year. It was a very good year for misandric girls like Clementine Ford. She would swallow my sword. I should have put this bit first in the podcast. I think I opened it a bit too seriously. I think I should have put this bit first. Exactly. Come, Stain. Come. Come, Stain. What kind of come was it, first of all? I, I, what do you mean, what kind of come? Comes come? Come is not come, Larry. Comes come. Well, it couldn't have been mine. Know why? Because I gets mine, Larry. I brings the ruckus to the ladies. Okay, so you're you're denying this. Is that it? First of all, look around this place, man. Is there any visuals around here to jack off to? All we have is basic cable, right? What am I doing? Jagging off the Andy Griffith? Jagging off the Clara? Huh? You mean Aunt B? Aunt B, Clara, whoever. Who the lady Clara. answer the damn phone? Who's Clara? Who the lady answer the phone? I don't know. Is that is Clara? Name Clara? I don't know, Claire. I know Aunt B. I might want to jack off no damn Aunt B. Yeah, I will. <clears throat> it was a very good year. It was a very good year. For Suey Park to suck my dick in the dark. Da-da-da-da-da-da! 
It's also controversial. When the study first came out, some criticised it. Would you believe that? Some criticised it, speculating that women having condomless sex were more likely to be on birth control, being a long-term commitment. Yes. Engaged in risk-taking behaviour or experience greater sexual pleasure than those factors might better explain the results. But Gallup says, but Gallup says they are either controlled for those influences or results contradicted them. I don't know what that sentence meant. I don't care. Others wondered about the negative implication for lesbians. We are lesbians. Speaking of controversial, okay. In a follow-up study, which was published as, um, as more controversial than saying Clementine Ford, suck my sword, probably, which was published as a graduate dissertation, dissertation, but never in a scientific journal. Oh, well, who cares? To hell with science today. We've done the scientific bit. We've done the anti-vaxxing stuff. We're in the home stretch. We're on the vinegar stroke of the podcast now. Should have opened with this. I really should. Researchers in Gallup's lab found evidence of what they were termed semen withdrawal. What they termed semen withdrawal. Hurry up, hurry up. Women who had unprotected sex in their relationship reported greater sadness in post-breakup and tended to rebound sex more quickly. Have rebound sex. Uh, I think that's where you do it on a trampoline. What's more, Gallup suggested postpartum and menopausal depression may relate to semen withdrawal. (laughs) And PMS, a period during which many abstain from sex, he said, may represent anticipatory semen withdrawal effects. So if you're suffering a bit of PMS, suck on this. It's a bit like that, that you know that um, pen they give you in hospital where you suck on it and you breathe in and it gives you the, the jollies? could be like that. So if in, in, a, in a depression clinic for females, male staff members at any time may feel themselves being reached for and sucked upon in the same way that, you know, like you do with that little pen. Despite his capacity for entertaining seemingly far-fetched hypotheses, Gallup admits the antidepressant effects of semen are largely correlational. Well, we're not going to let a little thing like that stop us, you know. We came, we saw, we ejaculated, all right? The study itself noted the findings raise more questions than they answer. And then give it 15 or 20 minutes and you can raise them again. He explains, we haven't independently manipulated the presence or absence of semen in the reproduction tracks, what, in order to conduct a competitive, definitive study which would demonstrate beyond a shadow of a doubt that semen had antidepressant qualities. I shouldn't have padded it out with those two songs. It's getting, oh, we're all right, we're getting there. That obviously are problematic. Lacey Green. Touch of Lacey Green going on there. It's problematic. She's got enormous jugs. She does, and she's always saying go braless. She's got enormous breasts. She could be like the feminist Dolly Parton, except she doesn't have that much talent. But Dolly does. <coughs> oh, Dolly. <laughs> that explains why there haven't been peer-reviewed follow-ups to Gallup's original study, despite the obviously public in, obvious public interest in the topic. Well, of course we're going to be interested. Any... Any flimsy piece of hokey science that comes down on the side of a man getting a blowjob, we're going to be for it. 
fuck me, we have a patriarchy to fucking uphold. Amusingly, Gallup says he receives semen testimonials from women who come across the word of his research online and feel compelled to write him with their own tales of seminal joy. Mm. Just like the uh, just like the whale who bites the end off the submarine and sucks the semen out. If even if researchers could reliably prove that semen has an antidepressant effect, I vow that we 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 give it to um, Big Red and Anita Sarkeesian. Let's see if it improves their mood. It might. I'd like it to go from um, shut the fuck up to give it to me, Big Boy. Give it to me, big boy. Give it to me. Uh, I give them credit. They do wear lots of bright red lipstick, though. The girls of that ilk. So I wouldn't mind seeing traces of that lipstick around the old fella. Or my penis, if the old fella can't make it. Although he notes that it's possible Big Pharma could develop some sort of simulated semen semen suppository... No doubt you'd have to apply that with a crucifix. I'd say you put it on the end of a crucifix and uh, and semen suppository. <clears throat> You're welcome for introducing that phrase and image into your brain. But the coral... No, I'm not giving up any of mine to put in suppositories. If you want any of my semen, you come and get it the normal way, all right? All I'm saying is there are three places it could be deposited that are orifices... Although, if you are a little of the Dolly Parton ilk, I will not mind the old pearl necklace, all right? Call me old-fashioned. Call me old-fashioned, if you will. Call me old-fashioned. Just try and do it with a mouthful of cock. But the correlation and nature of the study, not to mention its age, is really communicated each time this 10-year-old study is dug up and dusted off. Well... I reckon it's going to happen again myself, personally. Now, where's the recipes? These were sent to me by Elsa. She's trying to tell me something, I think. It doesn't seem to matter how bad taste I got. I never seem to lose her as a listener. Um, now, where are, I'll have to look at our messages where she sent me the link. I've lost it. Someone in this town... Who's trying to burn your hair, play, hair, play, how, what was that? Throw the crib door wide, let the people crawl inside. From Cooking with Cum, and at least they spelt it right. Thank you, Elsa, for sending me this. You ready for this crocoduck? This is going to put you off your sandwich. (coughs) Semenology. Is it done? And it's done looking like Scientology. Is it? Oh, okay. Can you buy this? This is a book. Oh my! Is it real? Oh fuck me! You just do. The home of semen cuisine. See, hello, I'm Double Seven. Semen cuisine sounds like a sounds like a baddie from a Bond movie or a bondage movie. Every time I got my whip out again. Watch me whip. Watch me, Nene. Watch me whip. Watch me, Nene. 
I can whip with one hand, insert a crucifix with the other while receiving a uh, oral gratification. Just letting you know. Um, semenology. Here we go. The semen bartender, bartender's handbook, where no doubt the handbook, the pages are well and truly stuck together. <clears throat> Cookingwithcum.com. This is the ultimate handbook for mixologists looking for ingredients that go beyond exotic fruit juices and rare spirits. Driven by a commitment and passion for freshly harvested ingredients. Should that say for the freshly harvested harv- ingredient thing? Would this work in the paleo diet? <clears throat> Who cares? Semenology pushes the limits of classic bar tendon. See my classic bar tendon? It's tendon. It's dipped in the end of this... The end of it is dipped in this drink. Semen is often freshly available behind most bar counters. That's true. And adds a personal touch to any cocktail. <laughs> oh, it's too funny, isn't it? The connoisseur will appreciate learning how to mix selected spirits to enhance the delicate flavours of prostate milk. Yes, I think even the vegans would approve of prostate milk, wouldn't they? It's extra creamy. The book provides useful tips that cover every detail of semenology, from mixing... We've even got a little video here, but I'll play that after I've read it in case it says the same thing. From mixing and presentation to harvesting and storage advice. No, you should never let it store, darling. Always have it fresh from the udder, as it were. That could be a deal, though. A friend of mine put up on her Facebook about, you know, breastfeeding in public and said, share this if you think it's not offensive to breastfeed in public. And I said, does that include the whole, um, um, what is it? Oh, God, what's it called? Oh, fuck, how have I forgotten it so quickly? <laughs> I talked about it the other week. The, uh, oh, what's it called? What's it called? Oh, A&R, that's it, the A&R thing. Oh, I've lost the recipe, see? Wait a minute. The adult nursing relationship where women continue to lactate so that their partners can partake of the breast juice. So I said, does that count for the whole A&R thing? And she said, that's not nutritional, it's recreational. So it probably doesn't count. Probably doesn't count? Oh, well. So that could be a deal, couldn't it? You could do it in this world of where, you know, the society's going to collapse and money won't be valuable and we'll all have to trade things to each other. It'll be... You give me a suck on the breasts, and you and I'll suck on something. You suck on something else, and we can part, partake in um, <coughs> different. Because it's, I mean, semen's got to have some sort of calorific value, doesn't it? Could look that up in a minute. Oh, there it is. See, a natural harvest, a collection of semen-based recipes. Semen is not only nutritious. I would disagree that it's delicious. It's disgusting, but some girls seem to like it. <clears throat> But it also has a wonderful texture, amazing cooking properties. And it, go, it goes like egg whites. Anyone who's ever tossed off in the shower and has had um, sperm and semen and gunk hit your leg, not that I know, I've just I've been told this, and it gets caught in the hairs on your leg. When the hot water hits it, <clears throat> it goes like egg white in a pan, and then you're trying to scrape it off. It's disgusting, really. <clears throat> like fine wine and cheese. Mm, yes, kind of. The taste of semen is complex and dynamic. Semen is inexpensive to produce and commonly available, if not in most houses, homes and restaurants. 
Despite all these positive qualities, semen remains neglected as a food. Well, not by some. And you don't have to go through this whole pasteurised and homogenised argument either, by the way. This book hopes to change that. Once you overcome any initial hesitation, you'll be surprised to learn how wonderful semen is in the kitchen. Yes, I've often donated semen in the kitchen with someone's hands tied to the kitchen bench. Yes, I've experienced semen. In, well, I've experienced giving semen in the kitchen. I haven't had to take it, but I have experienced giving it. Ah, uh, yes, you fiddle while Rome burns, or while the kitchen burns. Anyways, that smoke I smell, shut up. I haven't finished yet. Um, and then they, have to, then they have to hose you all down with cold water. Neglect. This book hopes to change. You do realise if you supply me with this stuff, Elsie, you're just really giving me enough rope to, to misbehave. You know that, don't you? Once you overcome any initial hesitation, you will be surprised to learn how wonderful semen is in the kitchen. Hmm. You could use it as icing, couldn't you, for like cupcakes? You'd need a lot of it, or just very few cupcakes. Semen is an exciting ingredient that can give every dish you make an interesting twist. If you're a passionate cook and not afraid to experiment with new ingredients, you will love this cookbook. Now, let's see if we can get a picture of these things up. Of these recipes. Come on. Come up. Up, 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 up. Bastard. Up! It's not doing it. Hang on, I'll see if I can get a zoom. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Now, we don't mind people taking the piss, but we'd sooner take the cum. Although, then again, as I said, this is the podcast where you put plastic down on the floor, so who knows? Natural Hub. Galliano Cum Shots. A hot shot. <laughs> Galliano is an Italian herbal liquor. Yes, I've had a few Italian girlfriends. You're quite right. With a distinct yellow colour. Well, they were a little more sort of, um, what is it, um, tan, what is it, olive complexion. The olive. <laughs> yes, Papa. Despite its unique exotic flavour, it does not overpower the semen at all. In fact, the mellow, spicy vanilla tones enhance the seminal notes. They call me mellow yellow. They call me mellow yellow. Da, da, da. Um, here we go. Cook time, five minutes. Five minutes? Why would you cook it? Hmm. Shouldn't that say... Hmm, I don't know. Um, one ounce Galliano. One ounce... One ounce Galliano, I should say. Uh, one Oz of freshly brewed coffee. One to two tablespoons of semen. Whoa. You'd be backed up for a while to get that. And one to two tablespoons of whipped cream. And if you can't whip it, at least put it over your knee and spank it, all right? It, it hurts your hand as much as it does the person's bottom that you're spanking, because that's the thing I've known and I've noticed. Having been to a couple of spanking parties, it's the spankers who leave in more pain than the people who receive the spanking. Many of them are clutching cold hands of um, beer or icy cans of soft drink to try and see if they can get the feeling back in their hands. It's a funny old world, isn't it? But they say the nerve that runs along the spine that joins to the buttocks cheeks is the same one that joins to the vagina. I don't know if that's true. But as I said, we're not going to let truth get in the way of the podcast. But that's what people tell me. Mix the two creams before beating them stiff. 
Ah, this is fun. Pour the Galliano in a shot glass and use a spoon to carefully layer the hot coffee on top. Add the semen cream and drink while hot. See, you wouldn't know if they didn't put the semen in it. You could just lie. It's like I I had a friend who used to work in a fish and chip shop. They used to make milkshakes, and they took to the habit of making the milkshakes out the back where people couldn't see them being made so that you wouldn't know that they didn't put ice cream in it. So really, if you whipped the cream and just thought there was cum in there, you, you might sort of, you might fall for it, you know? What's this one called? A macho machito. Machita. I recently learnt, according to this, that the name mojito comes from the Spanish word mojito. Translates as a little wet. As a little wet patch. <laughs> this coincidentally applies to many situations involving semen. This is my take on the classic drink, according to this, uh, this website that uh, Elsa has so beautifully supplied me. Thank you. I'm always willing to take donations, said the actress to the bishop. So just, you know, let me know. Just keep sending them in. Keep sending them in, folks. Keep sending them in. It saves me having to do any research. One ounce of spiced rum. Mint leaves. One tablespoon sugar. One ta- teaspoon powdered sugar. Half an oz of lime juice. Two ounces soda water. Semen. It doesn't say what quantity there. As little or as much as you want, I'd say. And lime wedges. Uh. Thoroughly blend lime juice and sugar. Add mint leaves and gently bruise the leaves. Just just bruise them. Bruise them just a little. <laughs> Until they use their safe word anyway, all right? Then you know to just, just back off a bit. Uh, to release the flavours by mashing the mixture with a muddler. I don't even know what that is. <clears throat> then add the rum and stir to lift up the mint leaves from the bottom. Yes, that's where they'll start out. Here, put these soothing mint leaves on your bottom of the glass. Sorry, from the bottom of the glass. Sorry. Top the drink with whole ice cubes. Ice cubes in the bottom are a bit like um, crucifixes. I must admit, I have done that to a person. I have done that. They don't like it, but then they ask to do it in the first place. So how does that work out? I don't know. And soda water. Using a milk frother, gradually whisk small amounts of powdered sugar into the melted semen until it reaches a creamy, airy consistency. (laughs) Taste frequently (laughs) to achieve the perfect sweet and salty balance. But if you tasted it frequently, frequently, there wouldn't be any of it left, would there? I'm sorry I didn't put any semen in your drink. I, from all the tasting, it went away then. Carefully spoon the sweet froth onto the side of the glass so that it gracefully, mind you, gracefully cascades down the glass and garnish with lime wedges. And here's a video of them making it. We'll only hear the sound. Oh, that's going to take too long. It's three minutes. This is from my latest book, Semenology. This drink is called the Oh, this, this can't be for real. It probably could be. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. 
Those squeezing stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's going to take forever. I already told you. Other mentions in the sick and wrong podcast. Oh, someone else is doing what I'm doing, aren't they? Ooh, the sick and wrong podcast. That's down the side. Oh, so he's on a podcast. Here we go. The Sick and Wrong, wrong Podcast, episode 365, um, actually has this person who wrote this as uh, on for a um, thing. Sick and wrong, wrong Podcast, episode 365. You can look that up yourself. Now you can listen to the Sick and Wrong Podcast, apparently. Hi. Hi. This is Christopher Walken. <coughs> yeah. I, uh... Calling in is sick and wrong uh-huh. with a joke. Oh, good. Uh, what's the difference yeah. between Amy Winehouse and a moped? Not everyone's ridden a moped. A moped can make it to 30. Ah, okay, there you go. Gotta go, bye. Wow. A shit sound quality, though. Oh no, it's getting better. No, it takes too long. You should never have a long intro. I, I hate long intros. I don't mind waffling on afterwards. Well, oh, that's out of tune. Goodbye, my loves. <clears throat> That's all I could give you this week. I had so much more in mind. I had so many... Hang on. So many naughty things, but... Sometimes I do the podcast in my head before I get here. So I'm going. I'm going now. And I'll talk to you... I'll talk to you next week. I've got to try and find Doc Cox. I say I try and find... That's Ivor Biggin's real name. I've got to try and find Doc Cox. Robert Cox. Wish my surname was Cox. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.